Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. You know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. And lo and behold, it is time for us. Those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton in the studio. He is Jeff Smith, the golf cave at Timbergate Golf Course, Edinburgh, Indiana. Where I am today, baby. It's a nice place to be, man. Just up the road from Seymour, just down the road from Indianapolis. Yep. Yes, sir. Straight you shot up I 65. It's a beautiful place. But, a lot of golfers out here today. Beautiful golf course, beautiful day to play. Oh, yeah. Parking lot is packed. Yep. Everybody's happy. You know, golf, golf rounds have been up substantially. Uh, and mm-hmm. again, you because of the depression that most of us have felt because of this COVID-19 thing, or maybe the depression you went through our Louisiana and friends in a direct line north of there with the uh, tropical depression last week, um, you didn't get out as often as you wanted to, but it's tough to get a tea time, man. It really is. It, it is. Nobody's it working. Is. A lot of places are busy. Yeah. And uh, they've also cut back on the number of tea times. That's one of the reasons why it's harder to get them. Because you are now using twice as many carts for a foursome as you used to. So they're doing yeah. half as many rounds for the most part. But still, it's tough to get out there. Um, so a lot of us are, are making making times way in advance, which is you know, nice. and, and some of these places, you know, um, they're, they're, they're doing some procedures, you know, to, to make it easier for golfers to ride two in a cart. Got yeah. these little dividers, you know. Yeah. yeah. Down the thing. You know what I found out? They're doing that here at Timbergate. You know what I found out? What? Makes it hot. There's oh, no air blowing through the cart now. That's right. Got it a cuts, piece of plexiglass in between you. Cuts down on the circulation. Yeah. I would imagine. Oof. Yeah, I mean, driving around with a sneeze guard. Yeah, that's almost enough to make you want to walk. It, almost. <laughs> I was going to say, wait a second. What you talking about? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, last, I can't believe you said that. Last week, we talked about distance. And the big lie that most, most golfers tell is how far they hit the ball. Because you don't, yeah. you don't hit anywhere that close. Um we have heard a few things in the ensuing time since that uh, episode came out that that lead us to believe that um, it's it's more of a problem than we have initially alluded to, and we're going to talk about a little bit more about some distance, how to get more, how how to actually come to grips with the distance you get, and and a few lessons that uh, I've learned recently that I don't know. I'll either teach you something new, or you look at me and you go. Really? (laughs) I think we all know what it's going to be. Have you had your head in the sand, John? So there you go. (laughs) Stick with us. A great hour of golf talk is coming up with those weekend golf guys. Do not move.
the PGA Tour is back. We have a full weekend of golf ahead of us. And even though the trophy is reserved for the winner, there are some big cash prizes that don't go just to players. They can go to you. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy game of the PGA Tour, has added to the excitement by putting you in the center of the action with a free shot at a $1 million top prize with your first deposit. It's easy to play. All you do is pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, submit your lineup before the tournament tees off on Thursday, then you sit back and follow the action. You're going to get points for pars, for birdies, for finishing position, and a whole lot more. And remember, a million dollars up for grabs at DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app right now. Use the promo code WEEKEND to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. Promo code is WEEKEND. Free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25x playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. We are those weekend golf guys. Thanks for hanging with us. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. You know who you are, hopefully. And um, we've been talking, um, you know, past couple episodes about mistakes golfers make. Big mistakes. One of them is is misunderstanding how far we actually hit the ball on a regular basis. (laughs) Misunderstanding. (laughs) I'm giving them the benefit, giving them the benefit of the doubt, man. That is a big benefit, dude. (laughs) Let's just say it like it is. They don't know. (laughs) Or they laugh. (laughs) Big time. Yeah. They, they don't, they don't have any idea how far they don't hit the ball. Yeah. Now I saw a chart. Uh, this past week that some guy had done, you know, because the PGA tour has all of these extensive records kept on how far everybody hits everything, you yeah, know, and they can right. tell you that, you know, Rory hit, hit his seven iron 172 yards, but he did it on a sunny day when the temperature was 83. And then he did it again on a cloudy day when the temperature was 43 and the distances were different and they've got all of that plotted out. So some guy, who has nothing better to do. He must have been real bored during this whole quarantine thing because he no, sat down and started playing way. math. He might not have anything better to do. They may be paying him to do that. Well, that still, may be his gig. I don't think he can pay you enough money to play with math, man. I'm just, I'm sorry. But <laughs> I don't what, know. There's a lot of math dudes out there that think otherwise. Yeah, well, that's true. But he extrapolated all of those details and was able to predict based on the average swing speed, the average carry and total distances of every club in your bag. Yeah, but averages, come on. You need standard deviations to go along with that to be predictable. Okay. You let's, know more standard hit, deviants than I do, so I'll defer to you true. on that one. <laughs> suggesting I'm a deviant? Is that what's going on oh, here? Suggesting hmm? no, sir. No. All right, so let's let's think about this. I hit five shots mm-hmm. with a seven iron. Mm-hmm. The first one goes 150 yards. Second one, 150. Third one, 150. Fourth one, 150. Fifth one, 150. What's my average? 150. Okay. What's my standard deviation? Zero. Zero. Okay. What if I hit five shots? Two of them go 140, two of them go 150, and one of them goes 100, uh, or 160, and one of them goes 150. What's my average? I don't know. 150, 140, 260, and one at 150. Oh, okay. Yeah. My average over those five shots is still 150. It is. What's my standard deviation? 20. 10 each way, right? Yeah, that's 20. 10 each way. Minus and plus. Yeah. Okay. So 
are, am I, which one am I clearer, more clear about what's about to happen? The first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How often, how, how realistic is that? Uh, slim to none. They all, on a, on no, they all go the same distance each time. Well, if they all go the same distance each time, they probably all will go the same distance each time. You're human. <laughs> so am I. So is everybody else who's playing this game. You think it's really going to happen that way? Not anybody who hits five, seven irons, 150 yards in a row. No, they're not. <laughs> I'm sorry. So the point is, is that you got to find out what's the, the range of, of what's most likely going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right? You might average 150, but you're probably going to vary 10 yards each way. Yeah. See what I'm getting at. But again, that's why they call them average. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, half the shots you're going to hit are below average, no matter what your average is. Right? Yeah. Okay. Half are going to be above average. And it's also not a, a average carry distance. It's also the approximate carry distance. Okay. This, this is how far it should go and or could go. All things being equal based on. Welcome speed. to those weekend math guys show. <laughs> <laughs> Basically it's just says we're not good at it. The swing, the swing speed and the loft of your club should give you about this much yardage. That's the chart. That's all. Um, don't yell at me. I didn't make it up. I'm just reading it. Okay. Sure. But with a swing speed of 80, which I think between 80 and 90 is probably average for most of the uh, amateur golfers of, uh, let's say, 40, 40 years and up, maybe. Would you agree? All right. I'm with you on this. Okay. So you got a chart in front of you. <laughs> at, at I'm not seven, allowed to argue with you now. You're reading a chart. Well, the chart doesn't have anything about ages, it just says about swing speed. I just made that swing speed piece of uh, the data up so just wondering oh, if you agree with me or not is that it yeah yeah i mean swing speed how fast do you think the average swing speed is of, of a golfer 45 years old it's hard to tell it is hard to tell it depends on how much in shape they are and how much they they take any consideration and how much important golf is to them but i'm glad you made that up yes indeed at 80 miles an hour you're making it up at 80 you're miles it up and you're wrong it's not oh shut up <laughs> 80 miles an hour Swing speed. A seven iron should go approximately 123 yards. At 90 miles an hour, it should go approximately 138 yards. With a swing speed of 100 miles an hour, it should go about 154 yards. Now, most of us have that magic number, 150, in our head with a seven iron. But how many of us actually swing at 100 miles an hour or above? There's a lot of people not swinging 100 miles an hour with a driver. Right. You're talking about doing with a 7-iron? Yeah. I don't think that's average for a lot of people except tour players. Yeah, well, what I'm saying is, you know, the average tour player speed is, what, 112, 113, somewhere in there? Yeah, Yeah. the driver, well, no, they're 116, 117 for... Okay, but still, the the point is, most of us look at a 7-iron and go, oh, it's 150 yards, I'm going to hit my 7-iron. But unless you have a swing speed of 100 miles an hour... You're not going to get close to 150 yards with a seven iron. That's my point. I'm I'm listening. Okay. You're the teacher. You're the one that should have told me that long ago. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think you Look, did. <laughs> wait. I was going to say, I think all we got to do is go check the records on the ship. Is this where we go back and say, the archives are online, <laughs> thoseweekendgolfguys.com. For all that magical golf footage. Yeah. You can you can go back and listen to every show, <laughs> and you'll hear better charts than this one. <laughs> the, the, the point The point is... Many of us, even even those who aren't braggadocious about it, those who aren't trying to feed an ego, those of us who are even realistic about how far we hit a club, 
may not have realistic expectations based on our swing speed. That's what I'm saying. And you just whittled down the golf population with that comment, didn't you? <laughs> There'll <laughs> be a large increase in people playing tennis next week, I'm sure. Let me. So however, tell me. Yeah. So tell me something. Okay. In this thing that golfers do, right? They're all they're all making this mistake of they think they hit it a lot further than they actually do. Mm-hmm. They're also not good at adjusting, like what you just gave a great example of, right? There's times when Rory hits his seven iron farther than other times. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are lousy at adapting to yeah. situations. For example, I'm looking right outside the window here at the mm-hmm. golf cave. Mm-hmm. The bushes are blowing. The trees are moving. Can't see it, but the flags are whapping on the golf course. Uh-huh. Can't see it, but it's there. Can feel it. Yeah. You can, but so if, if you're going playing. across it or into it or down it, you've got to adapt to that wind, mm-hmm. right? Golfers aren't so good at that. No, they're They'll not. sit there and take their, yeah, I'm at this yardage and therefore it's this club and I'm going to go and why'd that come up 30 yards short? Might be because you're playing into the wind. One thing that you mentioned to me a couple of years ago that has, has helped immensely. I is, can't believe you're saying you remembered something like that. Yeah, well, you know, it's, <laughs> sometimes I, I, I maintain some things, retain some things that are quite important to me. But the wind, we oftentimes sit, on the ground, stand on the ground, addressing the ball, feel a little bit of wind, but ah, it's nothing to take into consideration. Not realizing that if we were to look up and notice the top of the trees lining this fairway that we're on, that the wind seems to be blowing substantially harder up there than it is down here. For reasons, basically, those trees are blocking it. But you know that if you hit your ball correctly, it is going to wind up up there and thus be affected more severely by the wind up there that you can't feel while you're down here. Yeah, that's a very good point. I'm glad I made that point a few years ago, and I'm really glad you paid attention to it. one of the reasons why we kept you around. Isn't that nice? It is nice. (laughs) I thought it was the... I thought it was other reasons, but that's okay. So it's, making, adap- I'll just add that to the list. So making adaptions or adaptations or adapting, however you want to look at it, to the conditions around you that will add or detract from the yardage you are about to get from that club you are about to hit, as things we need to delve into. Again, more mistakes golfers make. Don't. We'll learn about them when we come right back. Hey, do me a favor while you're thinking about it right now. Why don't you go to thebusinessgolfcourse.com? Okay, what we're going to be doing, Jeff and I together, we'll be doing a one-day seminars on how to use golf effectively for business. We're going to concentrate on charity golf scrambles because you know there are many of them. I'm sure if you have a business, you've probably bought a sponsorship and put a team in one or two of them. Thebusinessgolfcourse.com. Chronic pain is the worst. You know, it's worse than just discomfort because it affects your entire life. You can't get comfortable. You probably have some trouble sleeping or you don't want to exercise or you don't want to walk around. It And it, it's been ongoing for a few weeks and it hasn't improved with any of the stuff you've tried. What are you going to do? You, know, you just don't sit on the couch and give up. You try a thing called Omax Health Cryo-Freeze CBD Roll-On. It's great. It's not prescription. Triple action pain relief roll-ons specifically formulated to block all pain receptors, to reduce inflammation, and to improve muscle and joint flexibility. And the best part is it's 100% natural. CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes, and the relief can last up to eight hours. Take it from me. I know my knees stink. They're bad. I play golf, and by about the 11th or 12th hole, it's, it's hurt and walk. 
put a little of that on. By 18, I'm fine, man. I am fine. And I don't come home all achy and painy as I used to. You got to try it. I can help you try it. Omax Health is offering all of our listeners 20% off a full bottle of CryoFreeze CBD pain relief roll-on. Plus, they'll ship it to you for free. And this discount also applies toward any other products site-wide. And they've got a lot of great stuff. Check them out. OmaxHealth.com. Go there today and enter the code WEEKEND. That's O-M-A-X-Health.com. And enter the code WEEKEND, and you will get 20% off CryoFreeze and anything else site-wide. Kyle Stanley uses it when he plays golf and for other stuff, too. And look at 95% of the five-star reviews. They've got page after page after page of customers saying, this stuff works. So you don't have to believe me. You don't have to believe them. Get a bottle and try it for yourself. You can believe yourself, okay? OmaxHealth.com. Enter the code WEEKEND. Get 20% off or anything site-wide. OmaxHealth.com. Go there now. Enter the code WEEKEND. You'll thank me for it later. At Amica Insurance... We know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us. We'd love it even more if you'd go there and follow us. And you want to make us real happy, just go there and interact with us. Facebook.com slash golf guys. All right, we are here those weekend golf guys. John Ashton, Jeff Smith, you, Motley Crew, if there ever was one. But we are here and talking about mistakes golfers make, adaptations that we refuse to make or don't think to make that are going to affect severely the results we get on a shot that may or may not be credibly conceived to begin with. Yeah. You know, so um, as we talk about shots and people, you know, not the, the more of the mistakes they make, they're not even paying attention to the shots. Like they hit it. And you even said it earlier. I hit a shot. I don't like, I don't even pay attention to it. I just, dis- I dismiss it. I'm not even looking at it. Yeah. So therefore, you know, I have that makes no everybody idea. else mad because then they have to find your golf ball. That's right. I have no idea where it went. Yeah. <laughs> the good news is the guys I play with love to make fun of me so that they pay strict attention to every bad shot I hit and remember the funny them all. part is, is that interestingly enough, they always seem to find your golf ball and pocket it and go, I don't know, John. <laughs> pay attention next time, John. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, they, they found out that you're getting, you know, free golf balls to play with. And so they're like, well, I guess that <laughs> I need to be part of that. Too. Share the wealth, buddy. <laughs> we do that. We we hit a bad shot. And you know you're going to hit a bad you, – not you know you're going to. You know you have hit a bad shot the second you hit the shot. You do. You do. It's terrible. And a you lot of times we just get so disgusted. We throw down our club. We 
swear, we look away, we berate ourselves, and then we go, oh, man, I paid four bucks for that ball, and I like that ball, and I just took it out of the package, you know, one hole ago. Come on. I haven't even had to wash it yet, and now it's gone. You know, that goes right to the question that I get asked by a lot of golfers is, what kind of golf ball should I play? Mm -hmm. One of the first questions I ask is, how many golf balls do you lose during a round of golf? Yeah. Like, well, what's that got to do with it? I'm like, well, what if you always hit it straight up the middle and never lost a ball? I would instantly start telling you to play a better golf ball because if you're not going to lose them, at least get one that acts well around the greens and feels good off the putter and the wedge. Right. Right. Yeah. I would instantly say that because your game's better. You know, if, if the first thing you ask me is that and I ask you that question, you go, man, I, I lose six, seven, eight balls around. I'm like, well, then those go with the cheapies. Yeah. So we get favorite. this thing straightened out. <laughs> and buy cheap golf balls and spend the difference on lessons. Yeah. That's Realistically, that's yeah. that's a pretty decent barometer for the average guy is, is uh, you know, save the money on, on golf balls and go find somebody who can get it, get you to hit straight. I'm happy to say the last three rounds, aggregate total of lost balls, zero. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, is that a net zero? Is or just... <laughs> no, no, it's okay. it's it's because I I don't I don't like finding balls because I don't trust them. You know, I don't know how long they've been there. They've already they've already they already proven already that they don't behave once. It. They already that... proven they don't know how to go straight to begin with. So why I don't trust you? Why bother? You know, this ball's clearly lopsided. <laughs> <laughs> we did a DEXA scan on these golf balls, and the and the cores are all off center. Plus, thanks to you. Again, uh -oh. I um I have really narrowed my golf ball choices down. Uh, you will find not a veritable plethora of golf ball industry representatives when you go through the uh, golf bag I have. It's very exclusive as far as name, brand, and model go. Oh, because I found one that works well for me, and I'm sticking with it. And now they're available in yellow, which I really enjoy. Oh, good. So. There you go. Good. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of warming up to the yellow ball. Not during dandelion season, though. I think that's a bad idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you hit it in the fairway, you don't have to worry. Well. <laughs> would, you, would you like me to give you some, temp, some pointers on how to do that, Jay? Well, that, that, <laughs> we're working on that, right? We're working yeah, on that. Exactly. I, I like it because everybody else plays white, so you don't have to walk up and, and check your ball, you know? Walk up tentatively and go. Well, this is this is not the farthest drive. Is this me? Am I going to be embarrassed by being the short guy? No. You just you see the yellow ball, and you know it's you, and you can well, just pass up all those guys with the white balls and go on. So there. And you sometimes you got to be careful at the golf course you play because if the range, you know, if the golf course That's has true. yellow range balls, then yeah. they start looking at you like you're playing range balls. Yeah. <laughs> John, John, we don't do that here. Okay. <laughs> This Please. is more than a $30 golf course. That's we don't, right. we don't play with range balls here. Pretend you got some class, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's... So carry some white ones with you, will you? <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> Just in case. Uh, one thing, too, I wanted to point out, we were talking about distance in, in, in this uh, chart. The guy who put the chart together also mentioned something that I'm going to admit I didn't know. That, What's um, that? Golf clubs are manufactured with a much stronger loft today than they were about 10 years ago. Wait, me meaning you're just finding that out now. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't measure loft. <laughs> I have this inherent trust in people. 
Okay. And if someone tells me a seven iron is this loft, I believe it, whether it was made in 2008 or 2020. So I'll, I'll be kind here. Well, that's a switch. I know. This is a new <laughs> novel concept for me right now. John, okay. back in the day, mm-hmm. there were advertisements that said, my five iron hits it farther than your five iron. Right, exactly. But it was because they juiced the, their lofts well, and everybody knew it. But they never said it was that. The, the marketing never said it was because we adjusted our loft. No, they said it's for that magical wedge in, in the middle of the club face that makes it go farther. The trampoline effect has been substantially increased due to uh, uh, the R over 17 uh, divided by pi. And uh, you just wouldn't understand the math, son. So uh, just take my word for it. Okay. okay. So let me go about this in a different manner. Okay. We have a lot of listeners all over the country and they're golfers. Yeah. All of them are scratching their heads going, were you born last night? Because they all know it. They all know it. Well, how, how do you know it? Unless, unless you measure loft on a daily basis, how do you know it? Here's a in, in just in talking to any golf professional ever and actually paying attention to them about golf clubs. Uh-huh. It's unbelievable. Uh-huh. Right now. Uh, three companies have, have got clubs out that are a full club stronger than they were a year ago. Hmm. A full club longer. Now you're a golf than a pro, year ago. and you fit clubs, and you know what the lofts are, and you keep track of that. I haven't the slightest idea. I can't. I can tell you the loft of my driver because it says so right on the back of it, ten point five. I can tell you the loft of my wedges because it says so right on the face of them, fifty two, fifty six, and sixty. Okay. Other than that, Uh I can't, I don't, I defy anybody who's not in the business of golf to tell me to reel off. What are the lofts of your clubs? What's a loft of a six iron? Oh boy. You're going to have a lot. Okay. So everybody out there, I want you to put this out on our Facebook page. Those those weekend golf guys, Facebook page. Okay. Which is facebook.com for slash golf guys, right? Facebook.com slash golf guys. We're going to put this out there. If you're listening to the show right now, we're going to put this out there as a question and we're going to have a lot of people come in and, and the question is going to be this simple. Do you know that the lofts of clubs in yesteryear are not as strong as the ones are on the same number of iron today is that a, is that a safe enough question oh, that's a safe question it's, it's a very easy question the question it's a very is, easy question without right? measuring it what's the loft of your six iron yeah your six iron the one you have in your bag now what is Mine? the loft don't measure it uh, just tell it's me 34 what is degrees it? okay how do you know that because it's been measured you've you, okay there's specs all over the internet. If you really cared to, John, well, you can go care. to your set specs, right now. Those, specs, those who pings, cares? <laughs> pings Raptor Raptor irons, mm-hmm. and you could go look on the internet right now today and pull up a chart because you're clearly Mister Chart today. Um, <laughs> you could pull up a chart that told you what those lofts are <laughs> right now. But the truth is, is that pretty much every golfer understands. For some reason, this has escaped you. <laughs> I guarantee you that intrepid producer Mark, it has not escaped him. <laughs> Everybody who buys new clubs, which you haven't done in the last eon, that's um, true. That understands that these new clubs are going to hit it further than their old clubs because they're at least a full club stronger, at least than the ones they had five years ago. Okay, and, so and I already mentioned there's some companies out there that have done that this year that made it a full club stronger than the ones they made last year. So eventually, we keep this up. It's like. 
like all the money you save on auto insurance. If you just keep changing companies every couple of months, eventually you're going to get your auto insurance for free. It's so, a good idea. We should, we should try that. <laughs> you know, but but so what you're telling me is that that my seven iron eventually could be lofted like my four iron used to be 20 years ago. We're creeping up on it. I mean, that that just sounds stupid to me. We're creeping up on it. Here's here's the thing. The technology has been made so that they've got the ability to put more weight below the center of mass of the golf ball at the strike, mm-hmm. launching the ball higher. Right. And in order for that thing not to balloon up into the air, okay, they, they crank de- the loft down a little bit. They have to de-loft it a bit, yeah. I so you. now all of a sudden, that same launch of, say, a 7-iron can be done with the loft of your old 4-iron. Yeah. However, in my defense, I am going to insist that in none of the golf club advertising that touts these clubs hit it longer than any club you've ever had. They do say, hey, we've added more weight below the perimeter. We've got it goes it goes farther that way, but they never say because we've also de-lofted it. They never say You're that. Right. They don't say that in the advertising because marketing isn't all about details. It's about the effect. Right, exactly. Right. And so if I'm just you probably ought to delve the... into the details. You've got a radio show <laughs> for seven years. We talk about golf all the time. Uh-huh. And you're now just coming to this discovery. So you were today years old (laughs) when you (laughs) learned that. And I'd be willing to tell you that there are a lot of other people who are today years old when they learned that. I'm sure because most of us don't care, Jeff. We don't care. Just hit it. Don't tell me how it works. Just tell me that it does. That's all I need to know. We'll be right back. Hang with us. We are those weekend golf guys. If you want to be poised to make money, to get right back into the swing of things with your business as soon as this COVID-19 quarantine thing is over, go right now, thebusinessgolfcourse.com. That's it. I'm not going to explain anymore. Just do it. Thebusinessgolfcourse.com. The PGA Tour is back. We have a full weekend of golf ahead of us. And even though the trophy is reserved for the winner, there are some big cash prizes that don't go just to players. They can go to you. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy game of the PGA Tour, has added to the excitement by putting you in the center of the action with a free shot at a $1 million top prize with your first deposit. It's easy to play. All you do is pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, submit your lineup before the tournament tees off on Thursday, then you sit back and follow the action. You're going to get points for pars, for birdies, for finishing position, and a whole lot more. And remember, a million dollars up for grabs at DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app right now. Use the promo code WEEKEND to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. Promo code is WEEKEND. Free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25x playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. For the past 90 days during this social distancing time and this quarantine time for the whole COVID-19 thing, we've been doing business in different ways. Business from home. I do hope a lot of you have taken this opportunity to do business on the golf course. You should play golf not just with friends but with business associates, customers, and prospects. There's a way to do it right, there's a way to do it wrong, and there's a group, an absolutely free group on Facebook, designed for all of us who like to play golf for business to get together and compare notes, learn things, swap tips, etc. Facebook.com slash The Business Golf Course. It's a back nine advisory board is the name of the group. Go there and find it at Facebook.com slash The Business Golf Course. Business Golf is a different type of golf, but it's going to do amazing things for your return on investment if you do it right. 
Facebook.com slash The Business Golf Course. You need to go there and join this free group and do it right now. Facebook.com The Business Golf Course. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home. The place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks, then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. It's Jeff Smith. I still can't get over that, man. The, the yeah, loss of changes, man. You know what? <laughs> It's un, it's unreal. I think what's going to happen is you're going to have to turn in your golfer card. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen. I I did some checking, not on lofts, because I I thought lofts were like, you know, carved in stone. Because I thought I thought what made a seven iron a seven iron was the loft, not just that it was the no, one that the they put on the bottom. In, they put in between the <laughs> six and the flins and the eight. But now you're right. It is just the number they put on the bottom. I, I'm I'm with you now. But the uh, the ping rapture clubs which i have and have played for the last 10 years are great clubs i love them they're 12 years old yeah they were uber strong compared to every other club on the market at the time yeah so what you're saying which is puts the, them in the realm of today's clubs if i upgrade these clubs which have served me very well improved my my striking ability the moment i got them is there going to be a noticeable change now but you just said that they, they were very strong for for their day, so they're they were yes. So they're they're comparable to what I could get now. Because I asked, the, oh, they're in the they're in the realm. Yes, a couple of years ago at the PGA show, I asked the guys at Ping. I said, "You got anything better?" And they went, mm, "Not really." No. Yeah, no, no. So I'm okay. <laughs> they made a great set of clubs there, and yeah. you know, just like every new thing, they have to come up with another new thing, and right. That doesn't mean that they didn't do a great job of engineering because they had engineers with a with a goal in mind then. And they have engineers with the same goal in mind now is produce the best ones that they can produce. But, you know, back then there was fewer uh, patents they had to worry about, you know, That's other true. companies do things and they have a patent on it. And so, you know, no one else can infringe upon said patents. Yeah. So they have to get around an awful lot of things they would do. And, and at that time too, they weren't, uh, they weren't concerned about, you know, Billy Bob Smith making golf clubs in his garage and selling them to people that may or may not conform to the same, um, let's say set of standards <laughs> that yeah. everybody else is using. All right. More mistakes. We, we, we alluded to, and now we can get back to now that I have been severely chastised for not paying attention, but we, we don't pay attention to our surroundings many, many no. times played golf last week, a couple times. And I remember hitting a shot that pulled badly to the left. It came as a surprise. I used to do that all the time, but after working with you, I don't do that all the time. But then I realized, man, I was on a severe slope that ball was above my feet big time i should have expected it to go that way 
And I, yeah. I forgot to take that into consideration. So let's talk about that ball above your feet thing. Okay. Right. And, and what does that mean? You're standing on a slope and the slope out in front of your body is higher. So the ball's sitting and it's above, it's no longer level. Right. Now let's say you've got a, a wedge in your hand. John, I want you to do this. I want everybody at home to listen to this. I want you to put your hand out in front of you. Uh-huh. Palm facing the target straight up and down with effectively zero loft of the palm of your hand. Right. And now raise it up in the air, up like pivot your elbow so your arm moves straight up vertically. Uh-huh. Note that the palm of the hand stays in the same place, still facing the target. Right. Okay, put it back down to straight, arm straight out in front of you. Okay. Now tilt your hand back as if it was a wedge and had lots of loft. Okay. Okay. And now pivot your elbow up in the air so your hand goes up. And now look at where the palm of your hand is now facing. Whoa. Hard Sub- left, isn't substantially it? Substantially lefter. Yes, sir. Yes. Substantially lefter. <laughs> Way lefter is a fact of the matter. Yeah. Okay. So let's understand if the ball is above your feet and you have a high lofted club in your hands, you really need to adjust for that. So my suggestion, strong suggestion, John, you may want to write this down. Oh, I'm, I, I'm hanging on your every word, sir. Step one, put the club on the ground, which is on the slope, on the ground behind the golf ball, and put the face angled to where you want your ball to start flying. That's step one. Mm-hmm. Don't grip it. Don't grip it now. Right. Step two Set up over your ball so you're 100% in perfect alignment to that to that direction and that you're in perfect balance. You're in your golf stance. The hill is not forcing you back onto your heels, right? Right. You're in perfect balance. You still have not gripped it at this point. Step three, let your arms hang down naturally. Don't reach out for your club. Get close enough that your arms can just hang down naturally mm-hmm. and then put your hands on the club. Now swing and your ball will immediately fly off in the direction that the club face was pointed right then. Okay. Cool. At your target. The key here is don't reach out because as soon as you reach out, your arms are extended from you. You're standing way down the slope. And now all of a sudden the swing is a whole lot flatter, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then you're swinging around yourself. And now all of a sudden that club is going to be moving around your body and it's not going to be moving as up to down. And the club face will now angle further left or in your vocabulary, lefter, lefter, much more lefter, lefter. much more lefter. (laughs) Make sense. Yes, it does. Step one's pretty important. Yeah. Don't rip it until you have to. And and that's another mistake I think we make is we put our hands on the the grip of the club, we grip it. And then we start to make adjustments, which may or may not work because our grip may be wrong to begin with. Right. So just keep in mind the ball leaps off the face, the way the face is angled. And if it's a high lofted club and balls above your feet, if you think for a second that you don't have to make an adjustment first, you're in trouble. Yeah. That's why uh, all the announcers on TV, the Johnny Miller types, always they see a slope with a ball above the feet. And the first thing they say is, oh, ball's going to go left. That's if the player doesn't make any adjustments. Right. But you know what? Those good players, they, they make the adjustment. Yeah. And that's, so that way they can control where the ball goes. That's also something that, that the amateur golfer needs to keep in mind because we have enough challenges as it is, making par or bogey. A lot of times we're scrambling at the end, hoping to make, you know, this this fantastic 12-foot putt for bogey. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I made a fantastic one putt for a bogey. Hey. 
That's great. But the thing of it is, is that we don't, I don't want to say don't pay attention, but maybe we don't understand all of the influences around us on any given shot. Wind being just one of them. And a lot of times, again, if you can't feel the wind, you don't pay attention to it. A simple look up into the sky and notice the tops of the trees around you can let you know if there is more wind above you than there is at ground level. You need to take that into consideration. The direction of it you need to take into consideration. The type of lie you have you need to take into consideration. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people out there. The lie is something that I talk a lot about when I go to the golf course with, with a student and we'll throw a ball in a certain situation. I'm like, all right, what's the first obstacle you have to overcome here to make this shot successful? First obstacle. And they're looking way down the fairway. I'm like, well, take a look. There's a whole clump of grass right behind your golf ball. Yeah. Isn't that the first obstacle you're going to have to go overcome? Cause it's going to be between the club face and the ball, man. Yeah. Cause you need to know if you can get a club on the back of that thing or not. Right. That's the first obstacle. The next obstacle is right out in front of the ball. Like if it's in thick rough, you have a problem with grass behind it and the grass in front of it. So you got to take a club that's got a lot of loft. Otherwise, it's not going to cut down through the grass behind it. And it's not going to launch the ball up high enough to get it over the grass in front of it. And a lot of people just sit there and go, okay, I'm 185 yards out of the way. I'm, I'm going to pull out this five iron. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's 185 yards away. I'm like, okay, you're going to hit it about 30. <laughs> and they look at me like, what? So no, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Five exactly. iron out of the thick rough. Uh-huh. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Yeah. There there are so, times when you have to admit to yourself that you don't have a shot that's going to get you where you need to go. Grass is the biggest thing that slows down clubs. Mm-hmm. People don't think that. Like, oh, it's just grass. Yeah. Say that in a thick, dense grass in the springtime. See how that plays. Mm-hmm. Maybe if it's the dry, wispy grass in September because it hasn't rained in an awful long time and the whole ground is parched, okay. I think maybe you could you could do that. But you know, how do you figure that out? You take a practice swing. Yeah. In the in similar looking grass. Yeah. Find out how much resistance is really there. And if you start to feel some, you probably better go toward a higher lofted club so it'll cut down through it. But here's the the simple thing about this, John, when they pay attention in the in these playing lessons that I give them. I'm like, okay, do you really think you've got a club that can cut through the back of this grass, launch a ball up on top of this of this grass right in front, and still fly 185 yards? Do you have that club in your bag? And they're like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, okay, so now that's a two-shot scenario. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, which two shots do you want it to be? I like easy and easy. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. If it's 185 yards, I can do it with two wedges. Mm-hmm. Wedge it out, wedge it on. I'm good. Yeah. It's two easy ones. But, you know, they always seem to take the hard one first and then make the second one harder. Yeah, because they have to make they up. Go, for I'm going to get this five iron through there, for which screen. is hard. Then they yeah. hit it about 30 yards and they're still in the rough. Now they're 150 yard shot in the rough. Yeah. No you know, idea now they're doing. trying to crank their seven iron out because, you know, that that's the 150 yard club. Right. <laughs> according to the chart that we carry yeah. with us. According to the head. chart. You yeah. know what? And that's their 150 yard club. Guess what? It didn't come out at 150 yards. And now they're chipping. Now yeah. it's a three-shot hole. Yeah. Three-shot scenario, right? There's the big mistakes that golfers make. Yeah. I mean, just it's – and it's a question of playing within yourself. Maybe it's a question of taking the chart and throwing it away, not taking it with you, but creating your own chart where you know how far you hit a seven iron. It's, it's not going to – it shouldn't embarrass you if you hit a seven iron 130 yards. If your seven iron's a 130-yard club, 
own it and use it. Use it wisely. I play with some guys, man, who pull out a, a three and four hybrid, anything over 150 yards, because they know that they can't hit any of their irons farther than 150 yards. I think it's pretty important for people to know themselves like that, right? To say, what am I capable of doing and what what's predictable? What can I really do? Mm-hmm. I like the idea of your chart, right? Yeah. I like to tell people, look, it's like having your own personal par too. Yeah. What should I be making on this hole? Right. I'm an amateur golfer. I don't play very much golf. Jeff, you know, help me out, figure out what I ought to be doing on the golf course. First, throw out the idea that scorecard par is for anybody. And I tell them who par is made for. It's made for the expert golfer. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, so a par on a hole is essentially they give you two putts on every green. Right. And they give you how many strokes outside of that based on the distance of the hole to get it to the green. And how many people actually do that? Out of 10 times in a row, if a 400-yard par four, an expert player is the guy who's going to get it onto that green 10 times out of 10. Right. At 400 yards. Yep. It's a par four. But the average guy, 15 handicapper to 20 handicapper, is not going to get it on that green 10 times. That's not going to happen. Right. So if that guy has two putts every green, he's going to get it on maybe 30% of the time mm-hmm. on a 400-yard par four. Now, all of a sudden, that's for him, that's a par five. Right. And create par sixes and par sevens if you need to. Uh-huh. Because you, you want to enjoy the game. You don't want to be frustrated continuously because it's set up and scored for people who are substantially better than you. Yeah. So, and I think that that right there is, I think if they took the words par off of it and just put the yardage of the hole Mm -hmm. on the yard arms and on the scorecards, and then people just played, they would say, oh, okay, this is different. Right. Suddenly it would be more fun. Yeah, it'd be easier, right? You wouldn't hold yourself to some arbitrary standard that you're not going to get to. Yeah. Yeah, when you hold yourself to a standard set by somebody who you will never measure up to, the there's a, I mean that's just frustration waiting to happen. So don't mm-hmm. do it. Don't do it. Create your own, you know, create your own idea of what par is, create your own uh, shot chart in your head, know what you can do and stay within yourself and above all, pay attention to what's going on around you. We got more. We'll be right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Hey, you want to know how great a golf instructor Jeff Smith really is? Very simple. Just go to jeffsmithgolfinstruction.com. jeffsmithgolfinstruction.com. The PGA Tour is back. We have a full weekend of golf ahead of us. And even though the trophy is reserved for the winner, there are some big cash prizes that don't go just to players. They can go to you. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy game of the PGA Tour, has added to the excitement by putting you in the center of the action with a free shot at a $1 million top prize with your first deposit. It's easy to play. All you do is pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, submit your lineup before the tournament tees off on Thursday, then you sit back and follow the action. You're going to get points for pars, for birdies, for finishing position, and a whole lot more. And remember, a million dollars up for grabs at DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app right now. Use the promo code WEEKEND to get a free shot 
at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. Promo code is WEEKEND. Free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25x playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, so a few moments yet together to recap. I'm John Ashton. He is Seth Smith, by the way. You're going to play a better game of golf next time you go out because, one, your expectations are going to be lowered. Is that safe to say? Your expectations are going to be lowered. Not that you're not that you're saying, well, I'm not going to play as well as I want to, but what you're going to say is the way I play is, how should I put it? I'm playing a game that may be a little bit different than the game that they set up this course to play. I'm going yeah. to look at this hole, and I'm going to know that there's no way in hell I'm going to get to that green in three because it's 537 yards away. And unless I hit three of the best shots in a row I've ever hit in my life, I ain't going to get there. So you know, maybe par for me would be six. Maybe I'd be happy to get a seven on that hole. This brings me to how I like to help people play. I give them a shot quality scale and a strike quality scale. Go home. How did I play today? Instead of some arbitrary number that they can be depressed about, how about how many shots did I strike today and how many shots did I strike well? And look at them as a percentage of success. And that is so much more fun. And it is such a more enjoyable thing because what I have learned from so many of my students is that they judge themselves on their performance by how well they hit the ball. They come in and tell me exciting stuff like, man, I hit it great today. I didn't score so well because I putted like crap, but boy, I hit it really good. Mm -hmm. And they dismiss the score and the putting so bad so quickly because they don't view golf as the emotional part of golf is about the strike. Why is it that so many golf professionals who teach people to hit a golf ball better, they're really successful because they're hitting on the emotional part of golf. If you drive the ball really well, people are all pumped up. Yeah. If you strike your irons well, it feels good and you're pumped up. Yeah. And the other thing that psychologically goes along with this is if you are no longer forcing yourself to play up to someone else's arbitrary standards, you are no longer getting tense when you find yourself not doing it. Therefore, you will be more relaxed, which will lead to you hitting better shots all across the board which will lead to you scoring better and getting to a point where when you don't care, you can actually score uh, up to somebody else's arbitrary standards. I agree. I think that's a bottom line. It here is that the biggest mistake golfers make is taking this game too seriously. Yeah, it's one of them. That is is for sure. Jeff Smith, golf instruction.com is a really nice website to go to, to get some tips, some techniques, figure out what's going on with your game. Those weekend golf guys.com. Every time you miss an episode, you can catch them there. Facebook.com slash golf guys. Go there and follow us, like us, and be back next week and listen some more. All right. So until that time, get your own personal chart, figure out what the lofts are of your clubs, and go play some golf. For our bonus content this week, we go back two years to this weekend in 2018 with an episode that we called Weed Makes Golf Better. And we have conversation with famed golf course architect, Bobby Weed. And welcome back. These are, we are, these are, those are, whatever. Those weekend golf guys. I I throw the words out. You put them in whatever order seems to work for you correctly. And uh, everything will be fine. John Ashton here in studio. Jeff Smith at uh, Sagamore up in Noblesville, Indiana. He will be jumping in and joining us shortly as soon as whoever he's got on the practice tee is 
sufficiently improved. On the line with us, we are so pleased to have Bobby Weed, who is one of the premier golf architects in the world. And Bobby, first off, thank you for uh, joining us here on those weekend golf guys. How you doing today? You working hard? I am, John. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. And I'm down in South Florida, and uh, where we've been getting a little too much rain, <laughs> but um, we're um, we're plugging along and uh, working every day, and life is good. Yeah, you're down in South Florida designing and building a golf course for Michael Jordan. That's that's got to be a tough gig. We man. we are. It's a great assignment. We're in Hope Sound, just above Jupiter, Florida. Um, we're Quite a few of the tour pros are now taking up residence and mm-hmm. um, living and playing down here. We've got some great golf courses down here, and uh, we are working on another uh, golf club. It'll be uh, it'll be a private members invitation only club that uh, Michael Jordan is um, going to be the owner and uh, is involved and uh, spending quite a bit of time out here with him. He comes out fairly frequently and uh, very much involved in every aspect of what we're doing. It's hard to find someone more passionate than MJ. He uh, he loves the game, and uh, ideal day for him would be to play 36 holes, uh, and would do it every day. Yeah, if he has a chance. Now, Bobby, you uh, you started your career as an apprentice to Pete Dye, who's a, a a name that everybody recognizes in the golf world. We have played often at the Pete Dye course up in French Lick, Indiana. And they have a statue of him out front of the clubhouse, and on it is a quote that says, golf is not a fair game. Why should I design a fair golf course? (laughs) Well, truer words have never been spoken, that's for sure. Um, Do you subscribe to that theory? (laughs) Well, I think we all do to some degree. I mean, golf the game of golf is not easy. It's not an easy game. And um, I think what our charge is today is uh, is is really try to build some more fun, interesting golf courses. Um, you know, the caliber of golfers today is so dynamic and different than ever before. I mean, the range of golfers is greater than ever. And designing and building a golf course today, you really want to understand who you're building a golf course for. Um, it's different when I was with the PGA Tour. Um, building these tournament player club courses because you know you're you're building those kind of golf courses uh, for tour events and uh, you have to accommodate the best players in the world right. but at the same time you need to accommodate the folks that are playing the golf course 51 weeks of the year so yeah. i think therein lies the new challenge for us as architects to, to be able to build golf courses that um you know that can serve up a challenge for you know, higher handicappers and beginning golfers all the way down to the best players in the world. And uh, that's not an easy task. It's pretty easy to build a hard golf course. Right. Uh, yeah. I think it's much more difficult, much more challenging to build a golf course that's um, that's playable and user-friendly for all caliber golfers. Yeah, you want it to be challenging on one hand, but you don't want it to be punitive on the other for those you know millions of us that are not the best golfers in the world like pete and i used to always tell me once you leave because you know i always hear people say well you know that area over there is not in play or this area is not in play and and pete always had a comeback and quickly would remind everybody that hey when you leave the tee it's all in play (laughs) that explains a lot about french licks layout that's for sure (laughs) When you look at, at a piece of land, how easy is it to see a golf course there just before anything happens? Well, there's a lot of layers. I mean, we typically start out with some good um, topographic maps, some good aerial 
photography of the site. You really want to understand the opportunities and the constraints on the property. We're always very interested in knowing how to get the water off the property, where the outfalls are, where we can get rid of water, where the drains are, and uh, and kind of work from there. So, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a process of elimination. You understand your roadways, uh, your access points, um, the vegetation, the topo, if there is any. Here in Florida, there's not as much as you right. have in Indiana and some other areas like where you are in Louisville. But mm-hmm. um, you, you really you really just um, get out on the property and understand all the opportunities and constraints and, and work from there and, and uh, understand, you know, from your ownership group, uh, really what you're trying to build a golf course for, uh, uh, and, and who you're building the golf course for, most importantly, I think. So uh, uh, after that, you're just, you know, you're just kind of playing with some routing plans and trying to get some good orientation that has some diversity and understanding the wind conditions and the seasonal weather patterns and conditions. Because like here in Florida, particularly in South Florida, you know, in the summertime, the prevailing wind is going to be uh, pretty much out of the south and southeast. And then in the wintertime, uh, which is typically your season down here for uh, for most of your play, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's coming out of the north and northeast and sometimes northwest. So you have to take all of that in consideration during the design process. And it's good to get as many holes as you can in different directions whenever possible. And it depends on the site constraints and how much property you have to work with. And there are a lot of variables that go into it. Have there been any major projects that, I guess the question is, have you turned down? I mean, you, you look you look at, at who you're building for and where they want to build and what they want to do, and you just have to say, I'm sorry, but it's not possible. Oh, I think there have been some of those on occasions where it just didn't make economic sense or, you know, it was going to be a, a failure from the very beginning um, based on site constraints or, you know, not enough property. Uh, there, there are a lot of factors that go into it, but, you know, typically there are two questions that I always want to ask early on, you know, how are you funding the project and um, do you own the property? And, um, you know, pretty basic, pretty basic, simple questions and uh, and understanding the ownership, uh, whether it be a single owner or a group or a corporation, I think is very important because in our business, particularly um, as a golf course architect, we're developing relationships. Uh, I want to enjoy. I want to enjoy what I'm doing. I want to enjoy the ownership. I want to enjoy building something that's going to be there for a long time. And I want I want to build something and design a golf course that's going to be successful as well and be enjoyed by you know whoever's playing it whether it be a a municipal golf course private resort um daily fee it doesn't really matter i i want it to be successful as as everyone does all right mr jeff is here i believe i have finally made it all righty sir this whole teaching golf up in indiana can get to be a a chore sometimes but bobby weed is with us it is like hey that's great hi bobby thanks for joining our show hey jeff you bet. Good to be here. Or, or maybe it's just the other way around. How about me joining your show? That's it worked out today, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. So listen, Bobby, I've, I've, I've been talking to Bobby from, from the standpoint of being a bad amateur golfer, but he needs to get some, some questions from, from a PGA professional about golf course design. I'm sure you have more insight into it than do I. No, I just have different questions. Okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, all right, so, Bobby, let's think about this from when you get a, a handle on, you know, somebody hires you and they say, 
we want you to build a golf course or redesign our golf course so that it is a, a little bit more challenging to the better players and yet still friendly to uh, the, the regular guy. Does that not cause a lot of consternation in your head? Well, it's certainly a challenge uh, without question, Jeff, as I was mentioning to John earlier. I mean, we first thing we want to do is we want to understand who's playing the golf course and um and and or who are we building a golf course for um so i, th I think that's important but uh, yeah it's it's much more difficult today than ever before building a course to challenge you know caliber players like yourself and and the tour pros um versus john and higher handicappers and even beginning golfers because you know we still need to introduce new folks to the game therein lies the challenge of, of trying to build a fun and interesting golf course um, but at the same time um, knowing that you know you're going to be hosting some qualifying events or you're going to be hosting some sectional events or or even a tour event uh, some amateur yeah. type events so i mean it's important to understand um, those goals and objectives on the front end so that uh, you can you can dial that in during the design process. How did you know my game so well so that you can look at a golf course and say, well, this is where John's going to hit his tee shot. Let's put a sand trap there. <laughs> well, we're, we're actually just, uh, you know, those bunkers are, while, while you may look at them as hazards, but they, they truly do add interest to a golf course, and they make every golf course unique and interesting. And, uh, you know, it's just part of the navigation process of, uh, of playing around the golf right. and, uh, and tacking your way around hole by hole and, you know, uh, knowing when you can, you know, how far, you know, how far you can fly the ball. And, and you know, that's the mental side and the physical side of the game that has, should have a an equal balance that we're always working on, um, you know, that, that you can play and enjoy and get around and, um, and also be a challenge for the, for the tour players. Uh, you know, nobody, nobody likes to go out and lose three, four, five, six balls around. Um, that's a bit of a turnoff. So, uh, um, you know, and force carries, I think you have to be a little conscious on force carries. Uh, you, you can create some really challenging, um, golf holes and pin placements without being overly penal uh, and finding ways for people to get to the green. Alice Dye used to always say, you know, try to minimize your force carries and, uh, and uh, the 90% of the people play the game on the ground. So don't forget the fact <laughs> that the majority of the people play the ball on the ground. And um, I think you should take that in consideration when you're building hazards because you put putting hazards in front of a green really doesn't bother a good golfer no. uh, because they're playing the ball in the air. Right. And, uh, but it means everything to a higher handicapped golfer trying to get to the green. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive 
Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.